Welcome to the Naughty Child podcast. I'm Richard, I'm the dad. I'm Polly and I'm the daughter. And thank you for all the feedback you gave us on our last episode about 1976 Mm -hmm. and 2009, the year in which we were both five. Yes, so in this episode we're going to be talking about 1978 and 2011 when we were both seven. Now, Polly, I think this is going to be slightly easier because mm-hmm. I remember a lot more about yeah. being seven mm-hmm. than I remember about being five. And my memories of 1978 are a lot mm-hmm. stronger than they are of 1976. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think I think the same for me. I mean, the stuff that I've uh, picked for the categories, a lot of them, I don't remember them happening, but they seem more significant in my head. And I think, oh, I know that person or I know that thing that happened. So... Yeah, I've definitely noticed that as well. Brilliant. So who's going to kick us off then? You can start. Okay. So shall I talk about some of the major events mm-hmm. of 1978? Well, the thing I remember most mm-hmm. about 1978 was the World Cup. Oh. And the World Cup of 1978 was in Argentina. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I remember most as a seven-year-old watching it was, first of all, the matches were on really late at night. Mm-hmm. So I had to stay up really late. the time difference. Yeah, to watch yeah. them. And I was allowed to. England weren't at that World Cup mm-hmm. at all. Uh, but the, what, the way the Argentine fans would celebrate in a match was unbelievable. So the Argentina team would come out and they would have little bits of paper and streamers and they would just, it would come bombing out of the stands onto the pitch. So there was this this cascade of paper and um, streamers, and it was... I'd never seen anything like it at all. It was mm-hmm. absolutely wild, a real sort of celebration. And, of course, Argentina went on and mm-hmm. won that World Cup in 1978 as well. So that's one of the strong things that I remember from that year. Um, yeah, so... On a very different note, uh, my first event that I have from 2011, which I don't remember, but I remember this name growing up, was that on the 2nd of May, Osama bin Laden was killed um, in a US military operation. Um, so I don't know if you have more memories of that, because in in hindsight, I know a bit more about it um, and I've read about it, but actually I don't remember it at all. I mean, this was the world's most wanted man. Yeah. And he'd been on the run for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it was this kind of mythical figure, really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who was behind the 9-11 uh, attack on yeah. New York. And um, the fact that he could elude the, everyone in the world for mm-hmm. 10 years um, and then suddenly was found very yeah. close to his own hometown, yeah. <laughs> sat watching DVDs somewhere mm-hmm. or something. Uh, it, it just seemed a little bit crazy. And and when I think about that, now you mention it, there's a famous picture of Osama bin Laden, no, mm-hmm. not Osama bin Laden, of um, uh, Barack Obama yeah. and Hillary Clinton and their sort of top US military bods all sat round in the kind of operations room mm. watching everything unfold as they go into the compound mm-hmm. to uh, to take out bin Laden. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a massive story at the Mm. time just because he would become such a a mythical figure really yeah do you have another event yeah well if there's a word that can sum up 1978 Mm -hmm. it's discontent Mm -hmm. and that winter at the end of 1978 
became known as the winter of discontent. And I think it's quite a significant time um, because within that, was a, a narrative was created mm-hmm. about uh, particularly the Labour Party yeah. and having a Labour government in that things seemed to be really chaotic yeah. and lots of strikes were happening. Hence the, uh, the, the quote is actually from Shakespeare, it's from Richard III. Mm-hmm. This is the winter of our discontent. But um, there, there was a, a sense that people were unhappy, mm-hmm. that rubbish was piling up in the streets because the bin men were on strike that bodies were going unburied, which mm. wasn't really true, but there was yeah. a gravedigger's strike somewhere um, in, in one area. But again, it provided quite a good headline. Mm. And really on the back of that, um, Mrs Thatcher was elected in May 1979, mm. and the Labour Party were out of government for the next 18 years after that. And certainly growing up, it was always referred back to the winter of discontent. Mm. This is why you can't trust that political party, mm. to be running things because of this. Now, how much of that in reality was completely down to the Labour Party mm-hmm. is, is really up to a question. Yeah. Uh, but it provided quite a, an interesting narrative, mm. um, certainly for the right-wing press, to throw it yeah. um, at the Labour Party for years to come. You know, that they're, um, it's the trade unions that will manipulate them and control mm. them and there'll be loads of strikes and they can't really govern... And so we need strong leadership that will take mm. on the unions. And that was the kind of advent of Thatcherism yeah. that came afterwards. Yeah, it's interesting. In one of the future episodes, um, Margaret Thatcher will be mentioned. <laughs> um, but my my next event is something I don't remember happening, but um, was very significant to our car journeys. And um, you'll, you'll know why in a second. Mm. That on the 9th of July, Sudan split into... Sudan and South Sudan. Uh-huh. The reason it's very relevant to our car journeys <laughs> is when we were playing Countries of the World, when it got to S, South Sudan was my go-to. So then when I turned up at school or whatever and you know, people were talking about countries, I'd be like, South Sudan. I came across very clever from that. So I think um, you would explain to the listeners what playing Countries of the World involves. So Countries of the World is an A to Z game where you go around a group of people and you go through the alphabet and name a country which starts with that letter. So like A, Afghanistan, B, Bolivia, etc. C, Cameroon. Um, D, Denmark. And you have to... You, oh, that's not very niche. You have to get more... You, you basically have to try and do the most niche one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I always used to use, use South Sudan. But I didn't really understand why it split. Mm-hmm. And um, I found out, though that 98.83% of the population voted for independence. Um, So, I mean, it was very, very unanimous that Mm -hmm. they wanted to be split. Um, But, yeah, I don't really understand a lot of the history surrounding that. Yeah, okay, I don't fully get it. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe our listeners will want to correct me on some of this. The north of Sudan is mainly Muslim. The south of Sudan is mainly Christian. That's what I grasped from when I was researching that. Was no, I think five. Sudan has quite a lot of minerals and oil mm. wealth, but I think that is mainly in the south. Uh, However, the ports are in the north. So mm-hmm. in order for these things to be exported and for mm-hmm. the country to benefit, there needs to be some sort of cooperation between north and south. Yeah. 
but it's it's really been a mess for the last mm-hmm. 10 years from what I can tell um, and it's not really ha- dividing it into two countries has not resolved it at all uh, okay um, yeah do you have any more events yes well an event that I went to mm-hmm. actually uh, which again is is partly news story and partly sporting event mm-hmm. is that on the 29th of November 1978 um, I was in uh, year three mm-hmm. first year of junior school and dad took me out of school for the day <laughs> as he did from time to time to take us, me and my brother down to Wembley mm-hmm. we went to see England against Czechoslovakia mm-hmm. um, oh Czechoslovakia Czechoslovakia wow. yes now that was a significant day because Viv Anderson was playing mm-hmm. for England making his debut in that game first black man ever to play football for England oh, in wow. 1978 um and he played for Nottingham Forest. And again, mm-hmm. this is another thing about 1978. League champions in 1978 mm-hmm. were Nottingham Forest. FA Cup no. winners were Ipswich Town. Oh, that is crazy. So, yeah, what you'd think are very, very solidly yeah. championship and League One clubs now are were actually, um, well, Notts Forest won mm-hmm. the, the Premier League as well, mm-hmm. the first division equivalent of Premier League. Mm-hmm. The following year, they won the... European Cup, the Champions no. League. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, so yeah, it was it was a time when you know the little teams mm. could really um, become great, mm. which doesn't really tend to happen nowadays. But yeah, Viv Anderson played for Notts Forest, and he made his debut in that game for England in 1978. Mm-hmm. The other big story of 1978 that I remember is that it was the year of the three popes. Oh wow. So what happened was we had three popes. So until August 1978, mm-hmm. the Pope was Paul VI. Mm-hmm. And he'd been the Pope since the late 1960s, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he died mm-hmm. in August and he was replaced by Pope John Paul I. Mm-hmm. And he lasted for 36 days. 36? And then he was found dead in his bed. Oh, my gosh. Insert conspiracy theory here. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was replaced by Pope John Paul II. Oh, yeah. So three popes in 1978. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Naughty Child Podcast with me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. And today we're talking about the years 1978 and 2011, when we were both seven years old. Um, so we've spoken about some major events of that year, and now we're going to be talking about sport. So I'm going to start. Um, we talk a lot about this sport on this podcast. Um, so, of course, we're talking about cricket. And in this year of 2011, Kevin O'Brien, who is an Irish cricketer, scored the fastest century in a 50-over World Cup. Um, and it was against England. Um, and... Yeah, Ireland won um, in Bangalore. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely crazy. It's the sort of thing that should never happen. Yeah. In that England are clearly a better team than yeah. Ireland are. England had hit a reasonable total mm-hmm. and then came and had then taken quite a few Ireland wickets at the mm-hmm. start. So you'd expect, you know, England are going to win. And this guy, he just hit everything. <laughs> and when someone does that, eventually they'll make a mistake. They'll miss it mm-hmm. or they'll get caught. But he just never did. Mm-hmm. And so everything he hit just went out of the ground. And suddenly he'd got all these runs mm-hmm. and Ireland were on the verge of victory 
and, and they won. And it was yeah. another big humiliation for England mm -hmm. and the World yeah. Cup, which, you know, around that time, it was every time yeah. there was a World Cup, England would mess it up. Yeah, I mean, it was shocking. So um, I was researching all this and because I've got odd numbers, it's very difficult to find really big sporting events. So I saw it and I was like, wait, did I read that right? And I was like, right, so Ireland beat England. Like, England are re I would think they're quite known for cricket. I don't think Ireland are really known for cricket. I mean, they've got a team and everything, but people don't, like, you, your automatic thought when you think of mm -hmm. Irish sport is not cricket. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, yeah, I was really shocked by that. Um, it would be a bit like England beating Ireland at hurling. Yeah, it, it just, <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> it can't happen. So, yeah, that, that shocked me. Yeah, well, my sporting event, I've already mentioned, actually, the mm -hmm. 1978 World Cup that Argentina won. Um, but the uh, the thing that I remember, as well mm -hmm. as the streamers coming down from the crowd, mm -hmm. was that England weren't there, but Scotland were there. Oh, wow. So Scotland had qualified. So, in fact, England had won the World Cup in 1966. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, if we take it even further back, England qualified for the 1962 World Cup mm -hmm. in Chile. And then in 1966, they didn't have to qualify because they were hosts. Mm -hmm. In 1970, they didn't have to qualify because they were holders. Oh, yeah. Then in 1974, England failed to qualify. And in 1978, England failed to qualify oh, no. again. So there's just Scotland there. Yeah. And they had this song mm -hmm. that got into the charts. We're on the march with Ali's army. We're going to the Argentine and we'll really shake them up when we win the World Cup because <laughs> Scotland are the greatest football team. Now, Scotland, when they get mm -hmm. to the World Cup, always do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You can say England always do the same thing. So England will go through the group stage mm -hmm. quite comfortably and then get to the knockout stage and get knocked out, usually on mm -hmm. penalties or somewhat disappointingly. Well, the pattern for Scotland is that they always mess up the group stage. <laughs> and so this is exactly what they mm -hmm. did. Um I think they, did they draw with Iran or lost to Iran? Mm -hmm. They lost to Peru. So suddenly they go into their third game, uh, final group game against mm -hmm. Holland. Mm -hmm. Holland had been finalists four years mm -hmm. before, are, you know, one of the best teams in the world. And it's already too late for them, really. Mm -hmm. But if they win, there's a slight chance they can go through. And they beat Holland. Oh, and Archie no. <laughs> Gemmell for Scotland scores one of the greatest goals in World Cup history, dances through the Holland team, <laughs> lifts it over the goalie. But of course, they, they heroically win, but heroically fail to get through yeah. to the next stage. Yeah, so I've got um, another sporting event from 2011, and it's also cricket. Uh, England won the Ashes in Australia for the first time in 24 years. And um, in the first things of innings of the fifth test Alistair Cook reached a career total of 5,000 runs which is the second youngest player to do this after Sachin Tendulkar so yeah it was quite spectacular it was a great team and um, Alistair Cook yeah. an amazing player mm -hmm. absolutely amazing player um, and it, that whole tour to see England dominating mm. Australia which just hadn't happened 1986-87 was yeah. the last time that we'd won in Australia, and um, it was absolutely amazing to mm. see. And uh, they did the sprinkler dance. So there's this, <laughs> uh, there's uh, so the whole team would do this kind of 
it's sprinkling. It doesn't work on the podcast when I do it, does it? You can't <laughs> see me. Um, uh, so, yeah, pretending to be a, a sprinkler. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they, clearly they kind of bonded together mm-hmm. and they were having a, a lot of fun. Although I did watch a documentary about that England team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were pushed to the absolute yeah. limits. And yeah. and eventually, you know, four years after this, lot, no, in fact, two years after this, lots of them mm-hmm. sort of cracked, really, because yeah. um, they'd just been pushed and pushed and mm. pushed and pushed and and the winning ethic was so great yeah um that that many of them just just couldn't cope with it um or, or their bodies gave way to injury because they'd have to push themselves mm-hmm. um so far so it's a very un-english thing to do so no- yeah. normally we've gone to australia and and uh, we haven't had that win-win-win mm. thought it's like oh let's give it a go and see how we do yeah. um uh, but very much this team were were had this winning mentality about them. And, yeah, some great players. So Graham Swan, of course, mm-hmm. is part of that team, and Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad. and mm-hmm. Really, really good players. You're listening to the Naughty Child podcast with me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. We're talking about the year we were seven. Uh, for me, that's 1978. And for me, that's 2011. And we're going on to talk about music of mm-hmm. those years. So I've done a little bit of research. Now, there is some music from 1978 that I really, really like. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't listen to in 1978, mm-hmm. but I've listened to a lot since. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Dire Straits' first album came yeah. out in 1978. Sultans of Swing, one of my favourite songs yeah. of all time. And um, it's, in a sense... That stands out because it's so different from everything else that happened in 1978. So the top artists of 1978 were, wait for it, Boney M. Oh, yeah. Boney M had a number one with uh, Rivers of Babylon. Mm-hmm. And uh, the big, in fact, we're going to talk about films and stuff in a mm-hmm. minute, but the big music event was the film Grease. Oh, yeah. And so two number one hits came from that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, summer nights mm-hmm. and you're the one that I want and they between them must have been number one for about 10 mm-hmm. weeks across 1978 and so but that's a kind of interesting thing as well mm-hmm. because I think 1978 was sort of the first year that pop music went retro yeah because it's quite a new thing if you think it sort of started in the 50s mm-hmm. and so Greece is based in the 1950s yeah and earlier that year um Buddy Holly mm-hmm. had been to number one in the charts with his album. Now, Buddy Holly had died in 1959. Oh. He was like one of the first rock and roll stars, mm. really inspired the Beatles, mm. for example. Uh, Buddy Holly and, and the Shadows and people mm-hmm. like that, really inspired by Buddy Holly. And um, he'd, um, there'd been a film about his life. Mm-hmm. And on the back of that film, lots of his songs became popular again and oh. one of his albums went to number one. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, it's it's a kind of 20-year rule mm. that... So people, I suppose, of my dad's generation mm-hmm. who had been, you know, my dad would have been 12 when Buddy Holly died. Mm-hmm. So um, who'd been sort of original fans of Buddy Holly mm-hmm. are now in their 30s. They've mm-hmm. got families of their own. They've got money to spend mm-hmm. they're still interested in music they haven't heard buddy holly for a while and suddenly he's there and it's like oh yeah yeah yeah. 
oh, I remember this, da da da. And, and so it kind of sets up this kind of um, nostalgia, yeah. music nostalgia, which you get in waves. So again, mm. 10 years later, lots of hits from the 60s yeah. became really, really popular. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so you see that happening. And mm. I think that was the first time it happened in 1978. Yeah, so um, my, I've looked at 2011 top artists. Um, you have Maroon 5, Jessie J, Rihanna. Um, and then the artist of the year was Adele because her song Someone Like You was, was number one um, for that year. And I believe she released an album at the beginning of the year. So that kind of just took everything off. Um, and yeah, she was really successful that year. She won a lot of awards. And <laughs> one thing that's... It's embarrassing that I did not know this before. In my head, Adele was American until I YouTubed the video and she's got this really like thick London accent. I was like, what? It shocked me so much. Um, but yeah, she did really well that year. And I mean, I didn't really listen to, I mean, I sort of listened to the current music in 2011. I'd say that's probably the starting point where I started to listen to music that was in the charts. Because when I was looking at the top 100, I was like, oh, I recognise that song or whatever. Um, but I don't I don't think it was a great year for music, if I'm honest. Um, not much that I would really listen to. It is funny because I think when you're seven, you do become more aware of things, mm. but you're just not aware of a great load of things. Yeah. So again, I can think of there were hits in, in 1978 that I'm aware of. And so there's one called Matchstalk Men and Matchstalk mm -hmm. Cats and Dogs, which was the story of the artist L.S. Lowry. Mm -hmm. And it was a kind of, this is not a rock and roll song. Yeah. You know, this is this is not pop music at mm -hmm. the cutting edge of 1978. But it's one I still remember mm -hmm. because it's one when you were a kid, it sort of told a story and your yeah. parents would listen to it and quite like it and your grandparents mm -hmm. would quite like it as yeah. well. This is the Naughty Child Podcast. I'm Richard. And I'm Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. We're talking about the years 1978. And 2011, when we were seven. Let's talk about TV and film. Mm-hmm. Uh, TV, what I watched on TV in 1978, mm -hmm. well, Grange Hill began in 1978. Grange Hill. Absolutely brilliant. And um, it's the sort of thing that... You watched it as a seven-year-old mm -hmm. and just thought, I'm so scared about going to the big school. <laughs> I'm so scared I'm going to get bullied by Gripper <laughs> Stebson and uh, everyone's going to be doing drugs and so on. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't really like that at all. So that was a big children's mm -hmm. TV show. Top Gear started in 1978 really? as well. Yeah. I thought it was more modern than that. Well, it, has, it keeps reincarnating. Yeah. That's the thing. But the original Top Gear mm -hmm. started in 1978. I think it might be Angela Rippon, who was like a mm -hmm. newsreader who presented <laughs> <laughs> And then the big American mm -hmm. TV show that people would watch in 1978 was called Dallas. I and it was about... I've heard of it. I don't really... It was about oil, really rich oil-producing families, <laughs> like in, in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. And uh, and that was massive. It was mm -hmm. absolutely it was like a big American soap that mm -hmm. everyone would watch and talk about mm -hmm. and so on. Mm -hmm. um, for I haven't really got any TV shows, but for film, um, I'll go down the Parisian route. Mm -hmm. um, so the first one is 
I absolutely love this film, Hugo. Yeah. Um, so it received 11 Academy Award nominations, which was more than any other film. So it was very successful that year. Um, I think it's just a lovely film. Um, it makes me miss Paris a lot when I watch it, <laughs> even though it's set. Like I can't remember what year it's set in, but it's, it's a long time ago. Um, but I think some of, some of the characters are just so well developed and I think it's just a really lovely story um and then another film which I haven't watched but I I am going to watch um Midnight in Paris that's really good um you'll love it actually probably yeah um see I don't really know much about it so Mm. um yeah again it's set in Paris Mm. and it's it's sort of part fantasy really it's Mm. about um but really it's about nostalgia a bit like we're talking about before it, and it's about when you're living in one era, but you yearn for mm. a different era and a different time when things were simpler or better yeah. or just cooler and mm. whatever. And this this main character keeps jumping from one time to another and mm. mixing with very famous people from 1920s mm. Paris, like Pablo Picasso and, and, and so on. And, and it's very, very good. And, but yeah, Hugo is a great film, and I didn't realise it what you know it had those all those Oscar nominations. Yeah. I didn't really pick up on it at the time, uh, and you know it's one of those that we kind of we bought it a little bit later mm. on DVD. Um, I think a friend recommended it to me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we bought it when we were going to France because we bought a few okay. a few films that were about France. Um, when we went in, I feel like it's 2015 or something okay. like that. Um, because there was also Cat in Paris, which was an <laughs> awful film. <laughs> but we had we got Hugo as well, which redeemed it. But again, it's a kind of nostalgic yeah. feel, feeling film, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's about looking to the past and and uh, and how someone who'd been very successful in the past, mm-hmm. but then was very embittered, yeah, um, is somehow yeah, redeemed in that film. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's lovely. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, films from 1978, in fact, a film you know very well mm-hmm. from 1978 is Watership Down. Oh, yeah. It's um, kind of sad, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, it is sad. So, big hit, Bright mm-hmm. Eyes from Watership Down. And, of course, Greece, we've already mentioned, mm-hmm. was was the massive yeah. hit of, of the year. So, Watership Down was a British film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greece was an American Hollywood film. Yeah, those were the two really big films of 1978. <laughs> You have been listening to the Naughty Child Podcast with me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. And that was 1978. And 2011. So next week, we're going to be talking about 1980 Mm -hmm. and 2013. So uh, we hope to see you next week. Uh, In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Naughty Child Podcast, on Twitter at OO Child Podcast. And we also have a YouTube channel where our podcasts are being uploaded. So if you would rather listen on YouTube than on Spotify or Google or Apple, um, then you can head over to YouTube and it's just Naughty Child Podcast. Brilliant. Yeah. And also, if you go onto YouTube, then leave us a little comment. Yeah. And uh, tell us what your memories are of Mm -hmm. these years. So of 1978, if you're old like me. (laughs) Or 2011, if you're young like me. (laughs) Thank you.